We're asking and answering the question, how can a sinner be right with God? That's next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our larger series is simply called Diagnosis and Cure for the Human Race, a look at the book of Romans. But within this book are several mini-series, one of which we conclude today. How can a sinner ever be right with God in light of all of the charges laid against us? Our offense to a holy God, how is it that we can be right with Him? That's the question we've been asking all week this week. Join us for our final look at this mini-series. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules with today's broadcast of Truth For Today, here now our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. There's four things you need to know about God. Number one, he's not a liar. Titus says he cannot lie. If God says something, now you've got to ask this, can God talk? Can God talk? How does he talk? Word, did Abraham have a King James Version Bible? Did he have a Hebrew Bible? So, God in days past spoke in dreams, spoke audibly, gave visions. God gave uh, prophecy. God gave prophets, okay? He said, in sundry times, he spoke in various ways. He spoke in these last days in a son, and he speaks through his words that have been written down. God knows how to talk to his people. And today, the sure way we know is we've got inscripturated words. I love that because I could forget what you said in about three minutes. But when you write it down, I'm a hard copy guy. Give me hard copy. Don't go start quoting me what we said. Give me a written copy. I love it. How's your memory doing? You remember the promises? I don't. Every time I read the Bible, I say, well, when did you say that, God? He said about 3,000 years ago. How many times have I read it? A hundred times. Why did I forget it? Because you're forgetful. We've got his word. So we have a man, Abram, that's not shocked that this God can talk. By the way, none of the gods of the Old Testament could talk. They had no eyes, they had no ears, they had no mouth, and they could not walk. They just lived with that. They knew to be a good idolater, you had to have a toothless, eyeless, earless, a feetless idol. But when you step over to this God, this God can talk. This God cannot lie. Uh, this God happens to claim to be all-powerful. El Shaddai, one of his names. God Almighty, one of his names. I happen to have all the power necessary to do anything. Abram, without taking theology 101, seemed to just give that kind, him credit for that being that kind of God. Saving faith does not put his faith in a Twinkie. Does not put it in a broken straw. Doesn't manufacture. Our faith is in a person not even in just a few statements, but we believe God is talking in the gospel, that he's talking to us in Christ, that God is saying something to the human race, and behind the promise is God, the person. We'll develop these other things. So the first thing I believe is that Abram said, a person told me to leave Ur, 
and articulate it well enough that I could get it and I leave. Now, what was the focus of his faith? Well, it was in a promise of God. Look at verse 16. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only those under the law, but to those of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all, all who believe. He goes on to say, he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. In grace, God has done something. He has made promises to people who have already broken covenant with him. God makes promises to ungodly sinners. There's no other kind. By the time God makes a promise to you and I, either in the gospel or whether it's to a idol-worshiping Abram that's being called out of Ur, in grace, God will make a promise to people who have already broken everything God expected by rebelling and being sinners. It astounds me that God made a promise to me while I was unsaved of what he would do for me. Have you ever had someone lie to you? Someone break your heart? Someone break whatever agreement you had? Does it put you in the mood to go back and promise them some more things? And what's amazing about God's promise, the promise does not rest on your ability to keep it. God makes promises that he makes only himself liable to fulfill. He just wants you to believe he can do it. Abram cannot father a nation. Abram, uh, up to that time, they thought he was sterile. They found out he wasn't when Hagar gets pregnant, and then it doubles the antagonism towards Sarah. But it says, you know, the gal you really love, you can't raise a family. And God said, I'm going to build a family through you and Sarah. And so guess what, Sarah, you're the one that's the problem. So anywhere you go, God, you can't fulfill it that way. He can have children through a slave woman, but not through Sarah. And that's who he promised. Let me say, saving faith says, no matter the obstacles, I can believe the promise because I know the person that made them. And behind the promise is the promise keeper. How many weddings have we done? I Sometimes vows can go on for 30 minutes, you know. And uh, I, I, a lot of couples, let me write my vows and this and that. I promise you this, we will never argue. And, I, and, and being married, I said, oh, what a day to lie. <laughs> the worst time to be lying when everybody's recording this. The, this is being video. They're going to hand this out to the, we, we will never uh, go to bed angry. Oh, sloppy agape. I say, this is, this is just too deep. I can't even take it. And I'm supposed to be, all I get to do is coach them. Would you promise this lie? I will never get mad at you. Isn't that a lie? They can't keep that unless they, on the honeymoon, drank arsenic. You can't keep that. I mean, 
I promise you all anybody can promise can you perform. And that's the second thing that Abraham does. He not only acknowledges this person, he buys the promise here because he believes he has the power, the power to perform it. And I want you to see the verse where he says that, verse 21, he was fully persuaded that God had power, are you there, to do what he promised. What a marvelous statement. He said, I believe you've got all the power to keep what you promised. I don't know how to father a nation. I don't know how to keep this promise. You made the promise. It's one-sided, is it not? And in the gospel, let me tell you why many people never get saved. I hear it this way. I can never live like a Christian. Why, no, you can't. You're not one. You got to become one first. I can never, man, I just can't imagine. No, you can't. Because you've never experienced the power that makes you a Christian. But do you believe God is powerful enough to work in your life so that the Christian life becomes life eternal and the greatest thing? Uh, well, I just don't think I could ever be that way. Well, you won't be. Until you believe God's offering you eternal life, a changed heart, a new direction, new power that you've never tasted of before, new appetites that are heavenly and out of this world, and that all that garbage you've been feeding on will no longer taste good because you will get a taste of a heavenly menu you've never tasted of before. Do you believe God can do that? This is the power of a new birth. And, and you have to say this God, first of all, there's a God out there not lying. Now, you've all got a God. If you don't have the true God, your God's lying to you. Satan is a God. He's the God of this age. And he's lying to you. Follow me, and we'll take over this thing. No, follow him, and you'll end up in the lake of fire. But he's not letting you in on that. God squealed on him and told his plan. He wants to get you in the lake of fire. The true goddess says... I make promises to you, not just to Abraham, but in the gospel that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll receive eternal life. You'll become delivered from sin and Satan. Believe that I can do that as much as Abraham believed I could make a family out of a barren household. Do you believe I can do that if I make that promise? Do I have the power to perform? Now, Abraham, amazingly, knew two things about God way back. He said, I know this God is not defeated if something's dead because he can raise the dead. Do you see that? Look, he is our father. Verse, look at this, 17. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Listen to that. You talk about power. He's saying two things with God. Hear this. Two things that can never defeat God. Death and non-existence. And you say, I'm dead towards God. You're absolutely right. We were all dead in our sins, were we not? Ephesians 2.1. And you hath he quickened who were 
dead in your sins. Well, that's it. I'm dead. I guess I'm going to hell. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. God talks to the dead. This world is the mortuary of the dead who do not know God. For he said of that young widow in 1 Timothy 5, she was dead while still being alive. You can be alive, still eating groceries and walking around and be dead towards God. Say, well, it's over. I'm dead. I can never. Wait, 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 wait. This God who makes promises, his power is manifested. And one of his specialties is resurrection. He knows if he saves you, he has to resurrect you from the boneyard of sin. And he says, I'm willing to do that. I got that kind of power. Matter of fact, I told the Ephesians, I wish you knew the greatness of my power, the power that raised my son from the dead. And he goes right from chapter one to chapter two. By the way, this power to raise the dead not only raised Christ, it raises every sinner that I save. I raise him from the dead, for I'm the God of resurrection power. Two, but I don't have a heart for God. I love my sins. I don't know none of this stuff about this Christian life. God looked at Abraham and the barren home, and he says, I want to notify you today in Genesis 15. I absolutely see so many kids coming out of your loins. you got to look to the heavens to get an idea of how many you're going to have. Where are they in my mind? Well, it can't be. I I just got Eliezer. I call into existence what doesn't exist at the time I give you the promise. And some of you say, I couldn't live this way. I don't know what it is to be free of guilt, free of uh, anxiety, free of the weight of my sins. I don't know what it is to be free. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine if you will believe this God, what doesn't presently exist in your life will come into existence for he has the power to bring you joy peace, and overwhelming forgiveness that you cannot imagine. He can call into existence and give you a new heart, a heart to want to please him. Now, there's something else about this God. Not only he gives promises, not only he's got the power, but God is reliable or faithful to keep what he promises. There's a passage, I believe it's in... uh, Hebrews 11, where it talks, let me see if I can lay my hands right. Oh, yes, uh, Hebrews 11, 11, by faith Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. Now, let me talk to you about God being faithful. I like the word uh, reliable. They, they have the, both the same, trustworthy. There's something about being able, but not being reliable. For instance, I come to you with my problem. I'm broke. They've served foreclosure papers. I've run up high credit card debts, and I know you're a multimillionaire. And I come to you, and I said, you know what? I need a million dollars. I know you're able to help me. And the person says, I truly am, but I'm not willing. I've got a hundred million in the bank. I'm able. 
I could write you a check today. That's power. But I'm not willing. You see, just having the power, you're going up to someone and say, I know, Mr. Buffett, that you're kind of making some interest on your money. Could you cut me a check? Do you have it to afford? Could you afford it? Oh, yes. Are you willing? Absolutely not. And then I go to Hazel. Hazel, you're my beloved sister. I know you're willing to help me. I really am, honey. How much you need? A million. Well, I'll pray for you. Because <laughs> I'm not able. And what's combined in God and what he does in his promise, he's not only able, he's telling you, I'm willing, I'm reliable to do what I said. I got the power, but I've also declared that I've got the will. I, I don't know if God wants to be saved or not. Oh, no, 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 you don't have. God says, I'm not willing that any of you should perish, but that you should come and receive eternal life. I have the power to save you, and you can count on me that if you put faith in my promise in the gospel, I am willing to fulfill that promise. Just believe me that I'm telling you the truth when I said I want to give you a gift of righteousness if you just put faith in Jesus Christ, even as Abram, all he had to do is believe me and I could fulfill the promise. God is faithful to do what he promises. Fifthly, Abraham's faith was in the person of God. His faith seized the promise of God. His faith encompassed the power of God. His faith laid hold of the faithfulness of God. His faith overcame hopeless circumstances. For though he considered his body dead, against all hope, in hope he believed. That his present circumstance seemed like everything's impossible. I don't know how to fulfill it. But... Against all circumstances, I'm going to believe anyway. In hope, against hope, he believed. And so the gospel keeps coming as he's going to apply everything that happened to Abraham. He makes the transition. Watch. Verse 23. The words it was credited to him were not written for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over for our death. And these words come right from the Septuagint, Isaiah 53. He was delivered over for our guilt like a lamb slain. And he was raised on account of or for our justification. What's he saying? No matter how hopeless sin makes ever having a new life, or it seems hopeless that anyone as ungodly as you have been or think of yourself could ever have a status of being declared right before God, he said, what God did for Abraham, he's willing to do for everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. He will accept Christ's cross work as the payment for your sin and God did something, it says. He raised his son for our justification. 
And you think, well, I thought the cross took care of that. It did. Why the resurrection? I always think of it this way. It was given as living proof that God was telling us the truth in Christ, that Christ was who he said he was, that Christ could do what he said he could do. I came to give my life as a ransom for many. And what it is, on Friday, do you ever do this if you go to the bank? That check won't clear for two days. Even if you make deposits, sometimes I say you won't get credit. If you go on Friday, and if you're not an online banker, if you go on Friday, many a time says that won't be put to your account till Monday because everything's closing up on the East Coast. And so we'll, we'll count that. Don't go out and spend that yet. You don't get credit for it till Monday. And what happened is on the cross, the check for your redemption was written But three days later, it cleared the bank. And God said, there's sufficient funds. He did justify all who believe. He is the living security that if you believe in the person of God and believe his promise that he'll declare you righteous if you'll put faith in Christ, that he will exert his power, the power that raised the son from the dead, And he will prove willing and faithful to carry it out. And you can walk out of your night of hopelessness and despair and walk in the steps of faithful Abraham. I believed him who said, I can declare you righteous. I didn't make myself righteous. I didn't change anything. I just believed that God could do it. And I must say that that is the difference in Christianity and all other religions All other religions are telling you how to change yourself, and you know you can't. You feel powerless. You feel bound. Cough up enough merit, do enough good deeds, whatever. In the gospel, this is the good news. I've got the power. I made the payment. I can declare you righteous. My name, my power, my faithful are faithfulness are on the line. Will you believe me that I can do it for you? And when you believe me, I'll reward you with the declaration. It's not a merit, but the side benefit of believing him who cannot lie is, by the way, I just declared you forever righteous in my sight simply for believing me, simply for taking me at my word. Is it overwhelming that God has bound himself to save you? Our Father, we thank you for the simplicity of this faith and the miracle of it that we've been saved based upon your power and your promise, not upon our performance, but based upon you. I pray as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, may we adore the God who undertook all the liability of saving us and you have paid for it in full. We thank you, we thank you for such a salvation. How Can a Sinner Ever Be Made Right with God? That's the title of our series, and you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, copies are available, or simply ask for the entire three-CD set, How Can a Sinner Ever Be Right with God? Call us today at 855 855- 
That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California, the zip code is 94547. Now, there is another way that you can contact us, and not only contact us, but take advantage of an awful lot of resource materials available for your growth in Christ. And you'll get the chance to learn a bit more about us and who we are and what we believe. It's all found at our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. One other note as we let you go, the broadcast is presented daily and Sundays here on KFAX as TFT sustainers come alongside of us financially and prayerfully as partners, helping us in the support of the broadcast to continue the ministry of Truth For Today here on KFAX. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift. You'll also have access to Take a Break, which is the weekly devotional video done by Pastor Phil. For further information, visit valleybible.org or simply call us at 855-833-9864. No gift is too small. In fact, we would rather have 25 folks who are giving 5 or $10 a month as opposed to one big donation. That's not to say we won't take a big donation as well, but again, that's simply to let you know that any and all donations are gratefully appreciated. And 100% of your donation goes back into the ministry here at Truth For Today to ensure that it continues here on KFAX. Please consider that as you call us at 855-833-9864 and then join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 